This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> today we're going to speak about a old controversy and new questions. Uh, an old controversy that was in the late 1800s and the beginning 1900s in... Um, Morocco and Algeria and really also in Europe and how this applies nowadays because the machinery is different but nevertheless we're going to see that it applies uh, it applies to other questions so the question is the following so the question is the following in the year Tafresh Chavbet which is uh, 1872 in the year 1872 there was a Rav called the Rachim, Rav Chaim Yosef Maman, that was from the city of Oran in Algeria. And he noticed that people were using Rechaim Hasilandri, which means a cylinder milling uh, device that worked on the basis of steam. So it, you know, was the industrial movement was starting. And instead of, they used to have until then, uh, stone milling in order to mill the flour. Or they would have something that went with the hand. But obviously, when this came out, something that was pa- based on the power of steam, so the, the milling went much faster. So people used to use it. And the matzahs would come out much better, and there would be many uh, a, a much faster production, and it was very good all around. The problem, uh, Rav the Rachim says, is that he felt that there was huge issues of um, huge issues of of uh, of chametz on Pesach, and we'll see why. And he said that it was forbidden, and he went around. And he got letters from Rabbanim that were osir. Not only that, he got letters from Rabbanim in Europe. Uh, Rav Shlomo Kluger, the famous Rav Shlomo Kluger, wrote a letter that he understood that it was Asur. Um, and because of that, it seems to be that that it, uh, it it people started dying down and not using it. Now, this wasn't a simple manner matter because there was other Jews in Algeria and other places that would use it, that would use this device. And it was very helpful. And they felt that it wasn't chametz. So it was a controversy. And eventually a letter came out, signed with many Rabbanim. This is in 1912, this letter came out. And this letter was, uh, was signed by not only the Rishon Litzion of, of Yisrael at the time, and not only it was signed by other Rabbani Ashkenaz, but it was signed from the Beddin Afez of uh, Rabbi Rafael Ibn Sur and Rav uh, Shlomo Ibn Dinan. It was signed from the Beddin of Meknes. It was signed from the Beddin of Marrakesh. It was signed uh, by Rabbi Rafael Ankawa from Saleh. It was signed by many other great Chachamim, and actually the only time <coughs> where we ever find a halachic signature was written from Rabbi David Abu Chatzera 
the, the, the brother of Baba Sali in 1912, and we all know that he was uh, martyred, he was murdered in 1917, but he, uh, it's written over there, actually a non-typical type of signature, it's written, Hagaon Chasida Uprisha Tzadik, and it's written, Rav David Abu he also agreed that he was Asur. So it was a whole letter, and nowadays they would call it a Pachkevil, all these Rabbanim came out, and they wrote that it's Asur. I, I have the letter. It's it's actually quite uh, it's quite impressive. It's quite impressive. Now there was one rav in Algeria that was tremendously opposed to saying it was asur. His name was Rav Eliyahu ben Gigi. Rav Eliyahu ben Gigi, in response to this whole movement to say that it was asur, wrote a sefer called Kol Tsaakat Roim. Actually, before the Sefer called Sa'akat Ro'im, there was a whole Kuntras, there was a whole Sefer, it's called a Kuntras, I have it over here. It was called, it was called Kol Tehina, Kol Tehina. In other words, Kol Tehina with a Taf, Kol Tehina with a Tet, from one of the great Moroccan Rabbanim of the era. His name was Rav Rafael Moshe Chaim Benaim, the Rav Rachman, and he was the Rav in Gibraltar at the time. He was a rav in Gibraltar, tremendous He had a, there was he was tremendously respected, and it seems to be he was in correlation with Shlomo Kluger and other rabbanim at the time in Europe on this issue. It seems to be it was probably the 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 issue that was the most forefront in that time for sure, because all the rabbanim, as I mentioned, from Rav Cook to. Uh, to, to other Arabani Ashkenaz that, that, that wrote on this, to all the Sephardic Rabbanim were involved with this big machloket. And he wrote uh, a, a very lengthy sefer, kol, uh, a very lengthy kuntras kol techina, that proved why it should be Asur. Now, at that time, Rav Eliyahu ben Gigi, who was a, a tremendous Talmud Racham and Rav in, in, um, in, in, in Algeria, was very opposed to this. Was very opposed to this... Uh, to this, uh, uh, I'm sorry, maybe it was from Tunisia. It was very opposed to this, this, uh, this, uh, this isur, and he wrote a sefer in response to Kol Tehina, Kol Tehina called Kol Tsaakat Roim, called Kol Tsaakat Roim. In other words, the the voice of those who who are screaming against those who are saying it's asur, and his sefer is no less than 521 pages. To prove why it should be allowed. It's a tremendous machloket. And I'll just mention one of the most important points where they had a machloket. And we'll see why this is relevant nowadays. Could be relevant to many different products that we have on the market to know if they're considered chametz gamur or not chametz gamur. One of the issues that they had was that there was a lot of steam that was coming out of this machinery. There was steam that was, um, that, that that's how it was run. Now the problem with steam is that it's heat and it's also water. What is steam? Steam is, con- is, 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 is water that's condensed in a different form. <coughs> like we know in, uh, in Yoridea, that Zea, which is steam, could be uh, considered the thing itself. For example, steam of milk is considered like milk itself. And therefore, if you're cooking a boiling pot of milk and that steam rises and it absorbs into the meat that's above. Let's say you have salami hanging from your, uh, from your shelves above, and the steam of the milk goes in. That's mamash basar bichalav. 
as it's written in the Shulchan Aruch in, in, in Yoridea at the end of Siman Tzadibet. So over here, there's steam of water and that is being soaked in the kernels before the kernels go into a before the kernels go into a uh, into into uh, in, into the milling, but it could be that they became chametz already because kernels that are soaked in water they sh- they, they became chametz. So the Rav Rachman uh, has a whole long arichut, and the issue that he has to deal with is that the Shulchan Aruch talks about ziata choma. Zeta Choma is steam that comes from uh, a wall, let's say. And this, and the Zeta Choma, uh, the Shulchan Aruch writes a machloket, whether it's considered, whether it's considered, uh, water or substance that, that, that is Osir or not. And the Shulchan Aruch writes in, uh, in Simantav Samich Zayin, Where he talks about about all the halachot of different um, of different things that that got soaked in um, in 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 water in, uh, in 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 water that forbids it, and he writes the following. Sorry, just right over here. I'm getting it. Okay, it escaped me right now. But the Shulchan Aruch writes, Zeata Choma, Yesh, uh, he writes that, that is Mutar, and then he writes, Veyesh os, Osrim. And some say that, that this, uh, this Zea, this, um, <coughs> this steam that comes out of the wall, some say that, that, that some say that it's, uh, that it's, that it's Asur. So he, so he, he deduces, so, Rabbi, Rabbi Harav Rahman has a whole long discussion about this, and he says, "Well, you see, if the ziyat achuma is something that's that's uh, that's considered like steam, it's although the Shulchan Aruch says it's mutar, there were many who came along and said that it was asur, and since many came along that said that it's asur, you have to be choshesh, and even the Shulchan Aruch himself would agree, and he brings different stirot in order to prove that it should be allowed." Rav Leo Ben Gigi got very upset at him because of this. He says, I don't understand. This whole controversy, he writes in his Akdamat to the Sefer Kolsa Akat Ruim, this whole controversy caused the Rav Rachman to bend himself backwards on something that's not the Halakha, because the Halakha is is allowed. This steam that's coming from a wall, and since this steam is coming from, an, from, from somewhere that it's got to tra- travel through a wall in order to get to, in order to get to the, um, to the, to the, to the kernels, so that makes it that it's not real steam that is osir, and that should be the ikar lealacha. And uh, and the Rav Achmani says that to bend himself backwards. Why just to say that it's asur? Why does he have to say it's asur? Why can't he just come and and, and write that it's that it's it's something that like the Shulchan Aruch says that it's allowed? So Rav Achman says it's not enough for him because he writes that that there are a lot of poskim that say that 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 the zeh is asur, and he also found the Birke Yosef. Of Rav Achida that also writes 
that that then that um, <coughs> he writes that that, that he found that Avachida that writes in Siman Tavchavav that it's considered that this um, that that this uh, that this is considered something that that is asur, and he writes that that everybody agrees that that if it's coming from a place that is more substantial. Even the scientists, he says, write that this is considered water. This is considered like real water. And not only that, in this cylinder, cylinder types of device and contraption, they had to have water that was cold water that was poured on the machine all the time in order to make sure that the, that the metal didn't get too hot so that it wouldn't get ruined. So once again, he says, what do you see? You see that obviously there was real moisture going on and there was a, there's a chashash that these kernels were soaked in water before, and that's considered chametz. So he didn't want to back down, and he, and, and, and the Rav Rachman held categorically that it's Asur, and Rav Leo Ben Gigi responds back, the Karnagorin is Mutad, and he says, I also got a letter from Rabbi Rafailan Kawa, that he says that the reason why he was said it's Asur is because they didn't show it to him, and, and, and he doesn't know the Mitziyut so well, but according to the Mitziyut that they presented him, it was Vadei Chametz, but according to the Mitziyut that, that maybe Rav Gigi is saying, maybe it's not, so he kind of backed down, and then he got, uh, he got other Rabbanim to back down, it was, it was a very big story. It was a very big story, but it seems to be that that most people didn't use this uh, this cylindry type of, um, of, um, of of contraption because they didn't want to get into the question. But it was amazing to see to what point this controversy boiled over. It was literally all the Rabbanim of Morocco, Algeria, and Tunisia were involved. They got the Rabbanim in Eretz Israel involved. They got the Rabbanim in Europe involved. And it was, it was basically, it was basically on, on how much we have to be choshesh if these kernels became chametz or not. Now, let's lead to nowadays. We don't have these things, but there are other things that are baked with steam. For example, for example, a person wants to get rid of his chametz before Pesach. He doesn't want to sell his chametz. He has flour at home. He has oats at home. He has barley at home. Is that considered chametz gamur? Now, kernels, in their original form, are not chametz, obviously. Kernels, kernels are, kernels are, are, are dry. So the question is, are kernels considered nowadays chametz gamur or not? So the way that they do, so the Shulchan Aruch Zayin talks about the case, let's say you had a boat that's coming with kernels and it's sunk and you pick the boat, boat back up, so the kernels were soaked with water, that's called chametz, right? But nowadays, Nowadays, do they wet the flour? Bef- do they wet the wheat before they make it into flour? So there's what they do nowadays is that they do wet the meat. It's called tempering before they mill it. And tempering is a process where the grain kernels are sprayed with water and they're left to stand for several hours until the moisture penetrates into the endosperm and it helps to separate the bran bran from the endosperm, allowing better quality control of the flour. That's the purpose of tempering nowadays. So. Now, you would say that that's considered like wetting the flour, and it's just like, it's more than zeat it's not only uh, It's not only steam, but it's moisture mamash. Now, nobody's going to use flour out of the market and use it for Pesach unless they, they want to, uh, <laughs> unless, unless they, they, they have serious issues of, uh, of, 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 um, of, of wanting to get into a isur kare de oraita. Nobody's discussing that. 
What we're asking is that if somebody want, has to get rid of his chametz because he doesn't sell chametz gamur. There are many people that don't want to sell chametz gamur. Chametz gamur means absolute chametz. Is flour considered chametz gamur? So the Mishtabura in Simantaf Nun Gimel, Seif Katan Chavchet, speaks about this on the Shulchan Aruch that writes, Ha'idna asur liltod ben chitim ben sorim. Nowadays, Shulchan Aruch says we don't temper the the chitim or the barley because uh, we're machmir to consider that that consider to be chametz because it's going to be even though we they did it quickly before they ground it so maybe it didn't give it enough time to uh, to, to to become chametz. Nevertheless, they stayed away from it and the, and the Mishtabura writes that the afim avar if you let if you let the, the moisture soak, yesh osrim limkor la'akum achara Pesach. Some say you can't even sell it to a goy after Pesach because it was chametz shavar Pesach, it's asur deoraita. And some say that it's allowed if the kernels didn't crack. Because once a kernel cracks, that shows that there was chimutz. That shows that it was already chimutz. So over here, by tempering the wheat, they never, they never get to a point that it cracks. So it seems to be a machloket in the Meshubur if that's considered chametz gamur. And lehalacha, many people considered chametz gamur, but it's a saf, we would call it a safek chametz gamur. Oats, on the other hand, oats, on the other hand, is totally different because what happens with oats is that they, 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 they actually steam them. They steam the oats. Question over here of kol tehina or the rechaim asilandri that they also use steam. Now the steam over there wasn't as bad as steaming oats. It was just steam coming out of a machine. And that was the question. If that steam was enough to consider these grains chametz. But the steam that was going on in, in the oats nowadays makes oats chametz gamur. So wheat is a suffix chametz. Oats, chametz gamur. You have to get rid of before Pesach if you don't want to, if you don't want to sell chametz gamur. And barley, they don't seem to, uh, they don't seem to wet. So that doesn't seem to be chametz gamur. So you really have to know the mitzvah that's going on, uh, uh, nowadays, uh, or not in order to, uh, in order to determine whether these things are chametz. Either way, it's a fascinating discussion that, that was relevant in those days. And there's another important point to be made is that they were so careful not to get into any chashash chametz and any, any questions of chametz. Uh, all the more so, God forbid, to start buying things on Pesach that don't have a proper hechsher, even though a person is going to say that, well, I, uh, I'm, I'm not, um, I'm not violating, uh, I, I know that I see that it's gluten free and there's nothing, uh, there's nothing of wheat in there. But since the, the industry is so complicated and there is, for example, there was one time I know that, that, that Hellman's mayonnaise, in order to make the, 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 the mayonnaise, one of the main components was made from vinegar. And that vinegar was corn vinegar. So some wanted to come out and say, well, corn vinegar you're allowed to buy. On, uh, for Sfaradim it's, for, it's permitted. But they didn't realize that that water from the corn vinegar was distilled water from wheat. So they were using something that maybe, maybe didn't have bitul, whether it was pagum or not is, not, is another question, but it's, it was definitely a serious chashash in kashrut. People can't assume just from the ingredients that everything is okay, but now that the industry is so complicated, and you see that if they had the machloket in those days about every single point of a ze'ah that was coming out of a machine, maybe yes, maybe no, all the more so you might have mamash chametz in your, in, in your, in your food to stay away from. Chazaku baruch. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.